1: Welcome to this episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi, and oh, do we have a great show for you today. We're going to have a focus guest. She's a featured guest. She's a collaborator with me here in Southern California. Her name is Darcy Harris, and her firm is DarcyHarris.com. This business talk show airs live on Tuesdays and Wednesdays at 4 p.m. and Thursdays today at a special time of 3 p.m. All of our shows can be heard live exclusively on Orange County's only community radio station, OCTalkRadio.net. If you're listening to this show as a podcast, we encourage you to listen live during our broadcast times. The show is brought to you by our advertising sponsors: Brandman University Center Club, Commercial Bank of California, Decision Toolbox, MBN Design, Smart Business Magazine, S and H Rubber, Succession Strategies, which is our longest sponsor, Tone Software. And UPS protection. The goal for this show is to help you, our listening audience, of CEOs running middle market firms to improve your decision making skills. If you'd like to connect with me, Richard Franzi, look me up on LinkedIn, Richard Franzi. My Twitter handle is CEO Peer Groups. And my if you have a podcasting software that you use either on your smartphone or on your computer, simply type in Critical Mass Radio Shows, and you can automatically get our show updated three times a week. All right, Darcy, welcome to the show. Glad to be here. Thanks, Rick. It's going to be fun talking with you. So let's start very simply, Darcy. Tell our audience who may not know of you or your background a little bit about your professional experience.
2: Professional experience, let's see, what have I not done? Okay. Actually, I started out in sales many, many years ago. And um, and then at some point transitioned to nonprofit management, I'd had a kind of a tragedy in my life and decided that if I needed to work and I did that I wanted my work to be meaningful. Sure. So I took the sales background that I had and convinced someone who ran a non nonprofit I sold her <laughs> right. on the um, on the idea that my sales background would translate into fundraising. So I became the development director for kind of a small group Grassroots nonprofit. And that turned out to be absolutely the best training to work with small business owners that I've ever had. Because really? if you think about it, Um, a small non-profit is trying to empty the ocean with a teaspoon Mm -hmm. so they're they're trying to change the world and do all of that on a shoestring budget and that's the that's the world that a lot of business owners inhabit too they're trying to make a big mark and they don't have a lot of dollars to throw at it so two things that um, this particular nonprofit did well that laid the groundwork for me to transition into consulting um, one was what I would call good process, and that's difficult to define, but that means learning great participatory management skills because we worked with volunteers. Right. So you don't have money to throw at employees to, you know, bonuses and, and um, you know, cars as signing bonuses. And
1: you can't yeah. threaten to the fire of them. Right? Well, they're you, volunteers. You,
2: well, you can fire volunteers. Right. That's but the,
1: that's, you can. They're but there the, because but they want they're to be, not there because, because they have to be.
2: They're there because their heart is in it. So when you have participatory management skills, you get the volunteers involved in the decision-making process because they're the ones that are actually carrying out the work. So I learned that. And also, learned the value of strategic planning mm. because when you are a nonprofit, you will never get a grant or United Way funding or any kind of serious funding without a good strategic plan. And who knew? Uh, I didn't know, but those are the two core competencies that every business owner really needs to have that understanding. Good process, good participatory management right. skills, and the value of a strategic plan.
1: That's interesting. I'm talking with Darcy Harris, and she's our featured guest today here on Critical Mass Radio Show. But I'm so glad you said that because that's we do a nonprofit radio show, and that's one of the things that I've learned. If you put a similar sized nonprofit up against a similar sized for profit, the nonprofit has done some best practices in strategic planning, in our mission, the work that they have to do and they're compelled to do, if they're counterparts on the private side did, I wonder how much better off those private companies, for-profit companies would be. I
2: agree with you 100%. It would dramatically change the world.
1: Right. So that's great that you had that experience. Now you're a Orange County native, but some of this experience was not here in Orange County where we're sitting today in the OC Talk net studios, right? That's right. Okay. I
2: left the state um, in the 70s and went via Texas to Oklahoma where I started a bit worked and started my own business and um, have wanted to come back to California for Many, many years and um, learned uh, along the way what I took for granted and mm. have promised never to take it for granted again.
3: Exactly. I
2: worked very hard to come back here and it was just an absolute pleasure to accidentally meet you and right. realize that we could collaborate and do that. So
1: so th- when she says that we met on LinkedIn, through LinkedIn, the power of LinkedIn as a, I was uh, looking for thought leaders in the power of peer learning space in the CEO peer group industry. I came across Darcy and her firm because she's internationally known. She's an author of a book. She has tons of content to help women entrepreneurs really understand how to grow and successfully lead a company because there are unique challenges for women entrepreneurs. For those of our loyal listeners that listen to the live show, you know, yesterday we interviewed two women construction owners, Uh, 6% of all U.S. construction companies are women-owned, such a small percentage, and in fact, they were this was the first time either one of them had met another woman business owner in the construction industry can you believe it and they've both yes. been in the industry since 1998 <laughs> <laughs> and so it's kind of crazy so let's talk a little bit about how you took what you've learned and you turned it into this business focused on what I just talked about Darcy Harris
2: I did I started a consulting practice and um, and that led me to an understanding of peer advisory groups so I started a, a company in Oklahoma called ewF international where we we facilitated peer advisory groups specifically for women entrepreneurs and executives and have done that for 16 years. So for for 16 years, I have worked primarily with women entrepreneurs, women business owners, um, licensed the concept and um, had four licensees, and then recently passed the reins of that company on to uh, another young woman who will take that and really and really grow it so that I can come out back here to California.
1: All right. So while you're not leading EWF International any longer, you still have the intellectual property you created, Darcy Harris, yes. DarcyHarris.com. You're the author of a book, Get Out of Your Own Way. Yes. Interesting title. And we're going to talk a little bit about your book in the next segment because I'm coming up on the break. But you've created a lot of intellectual property designed specifically to help women entrepreneurs.
2: Very much so, yes.
1: A- a- and. We're going to talk throughout this show about the unique challenges of being a woman entrepreneur and how the peer group process from you've seen directly, uh, how that helps them. So uh, we're talking with Darcy Harris, and she is our featured guest here today on the radio show. We're going to take our first commercial break. When we come back, I'm going to ask her to help us to understand a little bit more about the intellectual property, what makes her brand unique, and how she works with and helps women entrepreneurs. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. This is Rick Frenzy and you're listening to Critical Mass Radio Show on octalkradio.net.
4: That's succession-strategies.com.
1: I'm speaking with Ash Patel, President and CEO of Commercial Bank of California. Ash, can you tell our audience what's different about Commercial Bank of California?
3: What we want to be is a Commercial Bank of California, of Orange County, to be the premier bank in Orange County that is solely dedicated to what we call human capital innovation. What I mean by that is we want to be a bank that is solely dedicated to the well-being of our employees. We believe our employees' happiness will translate into customers' happiness, which will then translate into shareholder happiness. However, most companies put shareholders' interests first before they put employees' interests first. Therefore, we want Commercial Bank of California to be one of the few banks in Orange County that is solely dedicated to the well-being of our employees first. We believe we have happy employees, we'll have happy customers, which will translate into happy shareholders and a greater return for our investors.
1: To understand the true power of how Commercial Bank of California can help you achieve your goals, give us a call at 714-431-7000 or visit us on the web at www.cbcal.com or at our new headquarters at 19752 MacArthur Boulevard in Irvine. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Darcy Harris is our featured guest today. If you'd like to reach out to me on LinkedIn, I am Richard Franzi, F-R-A-N-Z-I. Our Twitter handle is CEO Peer Groups, where we tweet about the radio show, guests, the books, white papers, all the different things we have for CEOs of middle market firms, as well as this podcast is available as critical mass radio show. So if you have a favorite podcasting software that you use on your smartphone or your computer, just type in Critical Mass Radio Show, you'll get the automatic updates of our show that airs 3 times a week. Darcy, tell me a little bit about your brand now. Darcyharris.com. What is it about you that you're doing in the space? How how are you helping female entrepreneurs? What makes you different? Why do people hire you?
2: Well, I do three things, and and the first of which is to um, create and facilitate peer advisory groups for Critical Mass uh, in collaboration with you and I'm so looking forward to getting to know the women entrepreneurs and professional women in Orange County and to provide them with a safe place where they can, when the door closes on the meeting, they can take off the marketing smile and tell the truth about what the challenges they face in their business and the kind of help that they need. So that's the first thing. Um, The second thing is uh, speaking and training. I love to speak and train at women's conferences and women's events, and I, I think if um, you know if, if if I can provide a couple of thoughts or a couple of principles that will give each woman an aha moment, then that's been a good day. And so, since I have worked with women entrepreneurs for so long, and as you said, had a lot of content, I decided to use that content in a different way and developed a series of e courses specifically for women entrepreneurs on some basic business principles like how to hire great employees how to put together a marketing plan i have an e-course that has a like a 14 page marketing plan template that mm. is absolutely awesome at the risk of sounding immodest no. teach strategic planning um, try to include in um, in the e-courses templates uh, so that when someone takes the e-course, they don't have to start from scratch on their own paperwork. They can just download a, a fillable PDF or you know download it as a document and right. then uh, modify it to suit their business. The signature course that I teach as an e-course and face-to-face is called The Alpha Mare, Embrace the Grace of Power, mm. because that is the core of working with women, is helping women... Uh, change their perceptions of power from negative to positive, and that uh, when we think about what holds us back as women, okay. oftentimes it comes back to that very issue, and that is that we have certain perceptions about power that power is a bad thing. If you if you sit in a room full of women and say, "Who here wants to be powerful?" you see a lot of heads go down. Really, I mean, they don't. Not too many women are going to jump up and raise their hands in the air and say, I want to be powerful, Uh um, because that's seen as a a masculine trait. But I challenge them to remember the last time they were powerless with something as benign as getting stuck at, at a train crossing. You know, you're sitting there waiting for a train. You're on your way to an appointment, and you have no power. And it could be something um, much more serious, like finding out a dear friend um, has cancer.
1: It has an illness. Has right? an
2: illness or, or um, all the different hmm. life circumstances that we face, and we may feel powerless. So if power is bad, that would make powerless good, and that's not how I've experienced life. Okay. So if we change our perceptions of power and recognize that power is neutral, it's what we do with power that okay. makes it good or bad.
1: And as a leader of an organization, you have power. You have positional power, right? And you and your employees sort of require you to demonstrate your power, right? Oftentimes, that's Stand exactly
2: what's missing: is the leader standing in their power, not in an abusive way, not right. a cruel or arrogant. And I use metaphors from the equestrian yeah. world. So tell me that's about why it's alpha called mare. the alpha mare. Um, because I, I, I learned so much about myself and the world when I finally, at the tender age of 40, started taking riding lessons. In every herd of horses, there is one horse recognized to be the horse in charge, and that horse is always a mare. Wow. Now, there may be a stallion, too, but his job is different. Okay. His job is about procreation. Okay. The alpha mare is responsible for the well-being of the entire herd. She's the one that disciplines the unruly young- youngsters. She signals the herd when it's time to move to a different grazing place, when it's time to search for water. She's the one that signals them if there might be a, co- a coyote. Hmm. You know, She sniffs the wind, and, and she's the one that signals the herd. So... That alpha mare is an honor position right. and and believe me she is not standing out in the corner of the pasture and sensing danger and uh, looking over at all the rest of the herd grazing happily thinking oh they're so <laughs> comfortable i don't want to make them mad right. i don't want to upset them but there's a coyote out there i mean she just does her job right. and 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 embraces that power and uses it for the greater good hence the metaphor the alpha mare embraced the grace of power. So
1: it sounds like in the animal kingdom, as it relates to horse. And I, uh, on a trip to Africa, we got to see elephant herds. Similar dynamic, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so it's very natural in the wild. It's very natural for yes. the theme fema- for there to be an alpha female.
2: Very natural. So
1: there's the something about the human condition <laughs> that. Either enculturates them or something that power becomes a, dis, a, a negative in many women's well, minds. We've had. And, and
2: you know, many many years ago, and I'm not an expert on anthropology, but but many years ago there were um, cultural norms that it was a matriarchal society, yes. not a patriarchal society. But uh,
1: those times have, times have passed. But they're yeah. not permanent.
2: Not permanent. All right, and And that's why we're here. That's why we're here.
1: I'm talking with Darcy Harris, and she's our featured guest today here on Critical Mass Radio Show. So I like to ask our guests about a guiding principle. Uh, The way I frame it, Darcy, is you've learned a lot of experiences in business and lessons. Do you have an overarching philosophy about your business, kind of a guiding principle for how you're leading and growing? all your businesses and now particular darcyharris.com and the work that you're doing with critical mass
2: i would say that guiding principle rick is to um to, to be affirming uh, i think i think being a business owner um no matter what gender you are or what color you are or how tall you are it's a tough job and people for the most part are doing the best that they know how being a business owner means that you put forth a tremendous amount of energy every day to take care of your customers, to take care of your employees, and to take care of your vendors as well. So there's often not a lot coming back in. Mm-hmm. And and I think the least we can do is be affirming of one another and give people credit for what they do well. And, and then people tend to continue behavior that's reinforced. So if we affirm people I just don't see any point in um Talking trash about people right. and um, you know criticizing. Certainly, people need feedback, and if they ask for feedback, then I'm I'm a direct person, and um, you know give them the feedback that they need. Hopefully, to learn a lesson and move on, learn to do use different strategies or to behave in a way that gets them closer to what they want. But I right. think I think. We need to be affirming of one another, and let people know I'm there to help you achieve your goals. That was certainly how I
1: experienced you. It's very powerful. You have to be able to tell people the truth in a way that makes it better, not worse for them. Right? Exactly. And sometimes, either people find the truth to be a power over somebody else, and that you know use it to inflict pain. Right. They don't coach them in a way that the employee is any better off. Right. For that, and so I think uh, part of the my belief system too is. It's always an imbalanced relationship between the owner and their employees, and it's really incumbent on the owner to level the power balance. You, the employee can't bring themselves up to the boss's level in power. Somehow you have to find a way to make that relationship work, and it's really on the boss's job. It's the boss's job to make their employees uh, feel like they can be comfortable around them and open and honest, and that's one of the things that I think I learned yesterday from interviewing the two women construction business owners. That's one of the things that they thought they did differently than their male counterparts in the construction industry is they were able to create an open workspace where employees could speak their mind. They both worked very hard at that. and I don't know if that's just because they are female entrepreneurs. Maybe you have far more experience than I, but it, it was something that I found um, very interesting in our conversation yesterday. I,
2: I think uh, it, biology and physiology teaches us that um, women are predisposed to be good communicators, and not because they have more more of that skill, uh, because that skill can be learned. It, right. It's really, if I'm understanding the physiology correctly, it's because both sides of our brain connect better. So mm. we're, we're not just dominated by left brain or b- by right brain. Whatever those connectors are, make those two sides of the brain connect well together.
1: Right. I'm talking with Darcy Harris. We have about two minutes before the next commercial break. So Darcy, what is it about this peer group experience that caused you to create your firm and focus on building peer groups as a way to help women entrepreneurs?
2: Well, it wasn't an underserved market. It was clearly an underserved market, and um, and when I discovered that, I had to kind of get past my own sense of intimidation by the thought of working with women business owners because I had created this sort of mythical woman in my mind that all women business owners had an MBA or wow. you know some special training in how to be a woman entrepreneur and that was really not the case so um, so I saw an underserved market and um, put it out there to a, a number of women that I knew I still remember the day when I had a little focus group meeting at at my house over wine and cheese and said here's what we're thinking about and this is how we would see it working tell me what you think about Mm -hmm. that and just got a resounding yes because the issue is business owners can learn in a lot of different ways you can go to tremendous workshops, seminars there are e-courses, great business books but where can you go Besides a peer advisory group where you can, in a confidential setting, talk about the business challenges that you face. You can go to a great seminar and still leave there and say, okay, but how do I apply that to my business or read a great business book and still not know? How to apply it to your business? That's what happens in a peer advisory group.
1: You are so right, and that's and I I see that power. You know, I believe for adults to change and grow, they have to be in a safe environment that is challenging for them, where they're able to reveal their true feelings. Exactly, and that's what makes the peer group such a unique place. All right, I'm talking with Darcy Harrison. I'm going to continue to talk to Darcy Harris for the next two segments, but we need to step away very briefly. We'll be right back. I've got more conversation to have with Darcy after these words from our commercial sponsors.
3: you know how I know? Because I'm the founder and creative director of MBN Design. We're one of Orange County's most established and trusted design firms. With over 20 years of experience, I can ensure that your brand will always stay new. Ask me how our packaging sold millions in months, or see for yourself other success stories on our website at www.mbndesign.com. We're MBN because we're making brands new. Call 714-458-8701 and talk to me, Hector Garcia. That's my cell, 714-458-8701. I'll be waiting for your call.
0: We specialize in solving all your power needs. As a direct reseller of the best brands in the industry, including Liebert, Powerware, and APC, we can solve all your power protection needs. Protecting your power is our main goal. We offer on-site or depot repair of our critical equipment. To better serve your budget constraints, UPS Protection also offers both reconditioned and new products.
1: Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Our guest today, our featured guest, is Darcy Harris, and we're going to be back talking with her in just a minute. I want to let you know that our audience demographic is 98% business owners and executives who listen to learn from the experiences of our guests. If your firm is interested in reaching these top decision makers, then advertising on the radio show is the answer. Each month, our sponsors gain valuable exposure through their support of this program. And with our exclusive... Prospect Engagement Program. Critical Mass Radio Show delivers up to twenty-three warm prospects to each of our platinum advertisers each year. If you'd like to learn more about this unique program, then contact Rose Chamora, 951-515-4661. That's 951-515-4661. Darcy, you know, I know that the first time we physically met, you were out here in Southern California to speak at a, con- a women's conference. So can you tell me a little bit about that part of your business when you're hired to speak at various conferences? What message are you delivering? What was that conference about? Just give me a sense for that piece of your business.
2: I believe I was here um, speaking at um, at a NABO meeting, National Association of Women Business Owners. Uh-huh. Orange County, I believe, has the largest chapter. Of Navo, yes. So in the country, yes, they have a very very healthy chapter, and uh, and I'm looking forward to getting involved with them again. Um, The content that I speak about will depend on what the what the organizing group wants. Um, I spoke at a conference down in Temecula about two months ago, organized by the Temecula Chamber of Commerce. They have a very large uh, women's network there. And this year, they really wanted meat. They, They had been through several years where they had hired... The you know the motivational speaker or somebody with a with a tragic story that had overcome that and there's there's a lot to be said for that as well. It's inspirational. It's inspirational, but they wanted high take-home value. They wanted uh, principles that uh, people could take home. So I spoke about organizational life cycles, and then I did uh, an afternoon session that was a a fairly lengthy workshop, a three-hour workshop. In addition to the keynote. So you can do keynotes and workshops. I do keynotes. um, um I do have a, you know the a talk called the alpha mare embrace the grace of power where okay. I I do encourage people to um to look at the ways encourage women to look at the ways that they give away their power and how they can change their perceptions of power and get that power back and and feel good about that so and that has been extended into a 2-day workshop as mm. well but um I talk about business principles and what it takes to be a successful woman entrepreneur.
1: One of the things that you've been teaching me in our collaboration is that the the unfortunate statistics of the size of companies that women tend to start and then run. I read one of your white papers recently that talked about the challenges of women to scale businesses and even maybe when they start the business, they even maybe approach it with a different mindset than many of their male counterparts. Can you share a little bit about what you found in working directly with women entrepreneurs?
2: Well, that's very true. Um, oftentimes, uh And again, we're generalizing, so there's an exception to every generalization. I want to make that clear. But um, when women start a business, it's typically a lifestyle choice. And they're starting a business because they want to pursue a passion that they have. They could have a passion for organic food products or flowers or something. But it's oftentimes a lifestyle choice where they want to have more control over their schedule and have more balance in their lives or more time with their family. And when they tell me that, I always laugh and say, "That's great! You can uh, be more flexible. You can work any twelve hours of the day
1: that you'd like." (laughs) Um, As a business owner, as
2: a business owner, that's right. right. Um, But but oftentimes, when men start a business, they have a vision for an enterprise, and they see themselves at the helm of a ship with other people doing the work and. And oftentimes with women, that is not the case. They start out in a doing role where they are doing the work. So they may have worked for a PR firm or an advertising company and decide to start a PR firm. They're the one writing the press releases. Mm. They're the one going out and getting And getting the work. And so there's, consequently, unless they can shift into a larger vision, their businesses stay small. I make no judgments about that as long as that woman is happy with the lifestyle she has and the the income she has. I do like to encourage women to think bigger because uh, you work very hard being a business owner whether your business is small or big. And there is a myth that to grow bigger will place more demands on their time, and that is not true. Okay. The, 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 sometimes the bigger you get, the more flexibility and the more hours you get back for yourself. Because I always like to use Jack Welch, the, the CEO of, of General Electric, as an example of this. When he ran GE, he was not out there making refrigerators and dishwashers. Right. He was managing the leadership team. And had a great quality of life. So, uh, if we, if we can get past the myth that bigger means more demands on us and grow the company, do what's in the best interest of the company, then you have a business that you can sell when you're ready to be done with it or uh, some women are content to simply close the doors
1: so in the peer groups that you led and that, that you're going to be building was it your experience as well that the women that joined the groups tend to be running smaller firms as well yes uh, and, and, true. and did you help do you help them in that context to see that maybe they need to get out of their own way to steal the title de- from you? I book? have
2: devoted the last 16 years of my life to that, to helping them uh, think bigger, have a bigger vision, and to develop the confidence to put the wheels on that vision, because okay. that's another significant difference between uh, the genders. Um, what holds women back is oftentimes their own lack of confidence in themselves. And Rick, I lived it too. I mean, as I said, it took me a year to start the company that i founded in oklahoma even after it had been suggested to me and i saw the market and i saw the market opportunity i i, I delayed a year why because i was scared mm-hmm. and because i wasn't sure i was up to the task and i thought everyone else was smarter than i was and knew more than i did and you know when i'm not trying to you know be mail bashing here, i'm not i, I mean men just don't always oh, they men think they're the smartest guy in the room and they usually over- some do. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah,
2: and oftentimes they overestimate their okay. intellectual powers so and they are women, on, they
1: err on that side then, yes that's true and we, we
2: can just have a sense of humor about okay. that so, so
1: in in the peer group process is it your experience that when you get the right group of women and you start to have some of them realize there's greater potential in their vision than what they've been able to realize, that it's contagious among the other women?
2: absolutely contagious. And it is so difficult, even after all these years, it's so difficult to find the right words to describe what happens. It's almost magical. And, And I would say, and I know you experience the same thing as well. Um, it, it's it's like describing a sunset. I, I could be you know, sitting on a beach in Greece and see the most spectacular sunset and I could call you and say, oh Rick, the sky is just gorgeous. There are white clouds and the sky is all different shades of blue and purple and orange and red and yellow and it's just fantastic and you can hear the words but it is not like being there seeing it for yourself and that's what a peer group is like. It's I could I could talk from now until next week about the benefits of being in a peer group and you really cannot understand it until you sit in the room and hear what happens in the room.
1: Right. And it's key then, it sounds like, to have the right women in the room.
2: Absolutely. To, to have a diversity of skills and experience, I really like to have, it takes a lot of skills to run a small business. It you does. have to understand numbers, you have to be good at marketing, you have to understand the people side, the HR side, you have to understand something about taxation and something about the law, and then there's technology and all the other pieces and parts that go along with it, and none of us is good at all of those things. Right. So when it comes to putting together a peer advisory group, a peer group, I like to make sure that I've got somebody that really knows how to leverage money, how to understand the numbers, somebody that's great at marketing, somebody that understands operations, somebody that really is good on the management and the people side. And then you put all these women in a room and they learn from each other, and it's just a, it's just an amazing process to right.
1: watch. Do, do you find that when women in women's only peer group, get together there's a deeper sense of I'm able to be myself
2: absolutely and I've been told this for many many years that they feel more comfortable talking about what they don't know when uh, it's just women in the room, admitting Ad- admitting what they admitting what they don't know. Again, exceptions to the rule, I'm I'm sure, right? Um, but um, but they're more comfortable being their authentic selves and um, and feeling like they can bring their whole self to the group because they may be experiencing something. Um, disappointing in their business because there are distractions that come from their home or their family life, right. and so they need to feel comfortable doing that. I had I had one uh, member that I worked with for a long time, uh, was newly married. Um, her husband had a child from a previous marriage. She had one baby, and then a year later got pregnant again, and this time it was twins. Mm. Now, how do you run a business when you are about to have four children under the age of four? Uh and how do you have the presence how do you do anything how do you do the laundry (laughs) you hire people you hire help that's when you need to make sure you are making a lot of money because you need to pay people to help you and so you know so we deal with that Um, and and I'm sure men deal with some of the same challenges as well but but I'm not an expert on
1: that I, I think a universal truth of a peer group regardless of the composition of it is it becomes as open as one member is willing to be i found the the one brave soul who shows a level of vulnerability then makes it safe for everybody else to rush and they do kind of rush to that level of vulnerability and then it just keeps getting deeper and deeper right because it's sort of different than the business world in the sense that people welcome the fact that they're being authentic because they all get a chance to kind of let their guard down and i can only see how that works on a a myriad of different levels for a women's only group
2: exactly exactly and it and and we saw the same thing this morning in the peer group that you facilitated this morning Uh, the the member that was talking about an issue was very honest and it was a very emotional and difficult issue and she just got great feedback that that i believe prevented her from walking off a cliff
1: right and that's just one of the many powers of the ceo peer groups, and that's why i'm so glad that darcy harris has brought her brand to orange county california and is collaborating with me to build women's only ceo peer groups for women entrepreneurs business owners and executives we're going to take our final time out commercial break here on critical mass radio show don't go anywhere because when we come back we're going to be talking about the future with darcy harris you're going to want to hear this as well as finding out how to find her online so stay tuned we'll be right back after these words from our commercial sponsors
4: SNH Rubber is a manufacturing company in Fullerton, California. We specialize in custom molded, extruded, and stamped rubber parts. If your next job requires a rubber part, we would appreciate the opportunity to quote on it. We serve aerospace, automotive, and many other industries. We work with many types of rubber, including silicone, EPDM, neoprene, uninitrile, and Viton. Our quality system is ISO and AS ninety one hundred approved. Over our 47 years in business, the SNH brand has become known for superior quality, quick turnaround, and competitive pricing. Please check out our website at www.shrubber.com or call 714-525-0277. Let SNH be your ceiling solution. There's something positive about the word up. When things are looking good, they're looking up. When someone's down, you cheer them up. So how do you move up? Well, when it comes to getting your bachelor's or master's degree, there's one university that stacks up, Brandman University. Brandman is ranked by U.S. News and World Report as one of the nation's top ten universities for online bachelor's programs. Brandman's online graduate programs in business and education also receive top honors. So look us up at brandman.edu. Brandman University. Move up.
1: Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Darcy Harris has been our featured guest today on this program. I'm so excited to be able to talk to her about the work that she's doing across the country, if not around the globe, and certainly now concentrated here in Orange County in the aspect of CEO peer groups for women entrepreneurs. Uh, I'd like to also thank and acknowledge our listeners who download our radio show as a podcast. You've downloaded over 16,000 episodes during the last 30 days, and we here at the program... Truly appreciate your continued and growing support. We've doubled our downloads since January of 2013. Our goal is to double them again in 2015. Uh, way to do that is if you could tell your friends about the program. Maybe they could sign up for Critical Mass Radio Shows on their podcasting software, put us as a favorite, and you'll get updates three times a week of interviews like I'm doing today with Darcy Harris. If you'd like to listen to our show live, well, you can find it exclusively on octalkradio.net. We're also on iTunes, Critical Mass Radio Show, Spreaker, which is an international podcasting site, S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R, Stitcher.com, a very popular podcasting site. We're also on hundreds of middle market businesses Websites who we've had the get CEO as a radio show guest, and they put the player on their website. So this show can be found in a number of different lo- outlets as well as other business-oriented podcasting services. All right, Darcy, you're back in the Southern California business community. What have you? What is your initial read on the sense for? the interest in women's-only CEO peer groups here in Orange County.
2: Wow. I was blown away. Um, at the executive leadership conference that you hosted last week, um, I went to that fully prepared to uh, to hear, oh, you know, why do we need a women's group? And, you know, haven't we – are we, like, past that or something like that? I had so many people initiate a conversation with me and say, this is a fabulous idea and I can't wait to help you get started. People have actually emailed me yeah. and contacted me saying, when can I meet with you because I have some ideas or some people that you should meet. So I have experienced um, a tremendously warm reception here in Orange County.
1: Right. So I don't, it's, it's something that hasn't become dated. Right? No. Or, or that doesn't work in more rural, or only works in rural areas or something. I mean, in a in a major, what I think is a pretty advanced uh, business community is Orange County. I, too, was... I felt very warm by the welcome and reception that you were given. And there are so many strong women business leaders in Orange County who really see the value of this idea,
2: yes, women helping women. and that is a that is a big thing for me right because if i could uh, if I could do wave a magic wand and change anything in the world, it would be to. Um, and the stereotype that there's just too much estrogen in the world, you know, mm-hmm. that, that uh, the, the stereotype of women talking trash or gossiping about one another. I rarely give a speech, regardless of the topic that they hire me to talk about. I rarely give a talk without sliding in somewhere that um, that women do not need to be gossiping about one another.
1: Right. I think the best thing for any guy is to have a daughter.
2: Oh, nice. Nice. Changes your perspective on the world. Absolutely.
1: Uh-huh. A- and I think it helps us to understand there should be equal opportunity for everybody.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. A-
1: a- and um, women business owners, in my my sense, seem to have more a generalization, have a more willingness to appreciate the other woman's plight than, than I've seen sometimes. I don't know if it's... It's not just emotional intelligence, because I agree with you, that can be learned. That's a skill. But there seems to be a better... Common sense of communication that I've seen between women CEOs and business owners than I sometimes observe within guys. I don't know what it is, but there's just sort of a chemistry that I watch my women business owners in my peer groups when they get together. There's a certain level of communication that I don't always see the guys get to that I think, well, that's really very deep bonding. It's at a level that I'm not sure that uh, every guy could get to or with another guy.
2: There's a sense of a natural sense of camaraderie, okay. like we are part of the same. Team, and we have to we have to have each other's back. We have to have each other, and and uh, genetically, men are um, four times more competitive than women. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Facts and figures. Wow. Oh, I hope I have the numbers
1: right. Ah, hey, I, I, I get the general check. concept right. We're not going right? to fact check you here, Darcy. Harris. <laughs> Somebody out
2: there will fact check, you're and if an, I'm wrong, I'm sure they'll let you you're know.
1: An international thought. Leader <laughs> in this space. So, who are we to question what <laughs> right. you're saying?
2: Let's just say men are generally more competitive than women, and so women feel like they're part of the same club, part of the same team. So tell me
1: how the reception was. Maybe reception is the wrong word, but when you announced that you were leaving Oklahoma, Oklahoma City, you were. Uh, leaving EWF International. What was the response from the community of business leaders that were a part of your community?
2: Now you're going to make me cry. <laughs> it's
1: my goal. We try to make every guest cry at one point, right, Paul? Yeah, always. Uh, no, just teasing.
2: I just heard the kindest the kindest things and it uh, meant a lot to me. It, it meant a lot to me that I would be missed. I, I can't. I can't say okay, any more well about that. Then I won't go any further than
1: that. But that you created something that, and I and, and, um, haven't traveled a lot to Oklahoma City. Honestly, don't know a lot about that. Don't know a lot about the, the area, of Texas, where you built your groups. But um, it was interesting to me that that business model was so successful for you in that place and I in and, and that part of the country. And I really think it's going to be. As you said, NABO here for Orange County, very strong, if not the largest in the country. I think we have a very fertile market here in Orange County, and there is, in fact, a need... For women's only groups here in Southern California, Orange yes. County, and
2: the, the tone is set. The tone is set f- at the top for how those groups um, function and behave, and the and the, the leadership of those groups is what determines the the health of those groups. Uh, I would be it would be hard to convince me that there's a city in the United States that does not need a, a, a women only. Uh, peer advisory group for professional women I, I, I don't i am not able to be convinced that women in new york city are different from women in tulsa are different from women in huntington beach or costa mesa or san francisco right. we all have the same needs
1: so you're building in collaboration with critical mass uh you are building and and i'm gonna do everything i can to help you to build women's only entrepreneurs CEO peer groups for executives, business owners, and, and entrepreneur female entrepreneurs. You're also going to maintain your speaking schedule and your other consulting and coaching work, right? So, what's the future hold for Darcy? <laughs> a nap. Like you're going to be I busy. Need a
2: nap. <laughs> um, I, I am very much looking forward to the, the direct client work with the members of a of a peer group again and uh, speaking engagements as they become available the e-courses are built and they are online and so that that can be taken advantage of as as needed. So I think that, and I I do have a couple of consulting clients that are right. a priority for me. Clients come first always. Right. And um, so yes, I'm a I'm a busy woman.
1: There are a number of women's organizations here. We mentioned NABO, that's one, but there are other women's organizations. I would think that you would be a natural for them to come to for content and maybe speaking opportunities. So so are you open to speaking at those type of organizations here I, in North I
2: love to speak. As, and as I said before the show started, I can speak to inanimate objects, but I prefer to speak to real people. So um, if someone has a need for a speaker or a trainer at a women's organization, I certainly hope that they will think of me and give me a call and see if I'm the right fit for what they're looking for.
1: What, what if it's like a rotary and they would like you to come in and sort of educate the the uh, mixed group about uh, topics that you're aware of. Do you do you take those speaking opportunities Yes, I as do. Well?
2: I just say he and she instead of she.
1: Okay. <laughs> and, but what because if a group wanted to understand women entrepreneurs better? Maybe it's a bank who's trying to court more women entrepreneurs. Are you able to help them well, as well? Well, one
2: of the talks that I give is about marketing to women okay. and learning how to better market to women. And the really great news about that is that when companies do a better job of marketing to women, sales increase for both genders. Right. So the principles that apply to bettering your marketing for women mean that um, you're bettering your marketing for men and you get more male customers as well. So it's just good common sense practices.
1: So we're going to have to really sit down and think about who else we can introduce you to because I think you can help a lot of entrepreneurs, business owners, and, and service providers here in Orange County as well as women's groups. Love to. All right. If someone wants to learn more about Darcy Harris, how do they find you online?
2: They find me at DarcyHarris.com. It's D-A-R-C-I-E-H-A-R-R-I-S dot com. Easy. Darcy at DarcyHarris.com is my email. So look forward to hearing from you.
1: I've had a great time with you this afternoon. I have too. Thanks for being a friend of the program and a part of our community.
2: Thanks, Rick. My pleasure.
1: If you'd like to learn more about Rick Franzi on LinkedIn, I'm Richard Franzi. My Twitter handle is CEO Peer Groups, where we put out constant messages about peer learning and different ideas that you can use to improve your business, as well as your own a leadership style. If you want to uh, contact me directly, the, on my website is criticalmass4forbusiness.com and if you're into podcasts, if you're listening to this as a podcast but you haven't subscribed to us yet, just type Critical Mass Radio Show. You'll get our updates and we do three shows a week. I'd like to thank our advertisers. They are Brandman University, Center Club, Co- Commercial Bank of California, Decision Toolbox, MBN Design, Smart Business Magazine, S&H Rubber, Succession strategies, tone software, and UPS protection. Uh, This is your host, Rick Franzi, saying until the next show, I hope all of your business decisions move your company in a positive direction.
0: You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi.